Hey, we're going to have a great time tonight. Have you got your Bibles with you? Absolutely. Hey, I'm going to just, I've just got this, um, I've got a real simple message tonight, but it's, it's one of my favorite pieces of scripture. And, um, and uh, man, it's one of these things that, I mean, you don't even need to put your own words to it. It's like, it just sort of, it just sort of resonates all on its own, man. It's just that there's something powerful about the Word of God, eh, man? When you, when you get the Word of God into you when, you, when you get it so it's a part of you, when you get it so it's, it's, it's not just in your eyes, man, it's in you. Man, you can feel it in your blood, man. You can feel it in every flipping corner of your body. And when you get the Word of God, it, it's just, when it's in there, man, it, just, it does something to you so powerful. It just it makes you come alive, man. It's... it's there's nothing like having the Word because the Bible says it's, it's you know, the Word of God is, I mean, it's, it's the Word of God, man. This is the, it, it's, it's the God who created heavens and the earth. It is, it's his written in Word. And when Jesus came, the Bible says that Jesus was the Word, became flesh. And so uh, having the Word of God inside of our lives, man, it's such a powerful thing. And uh, you ready for it? Uh, you sure? Yeah, you don't sound that too keen to me. That's going to be good, man. You've got to have this thing in your life. And, uh, man, how many people love movies? What's your favorite movie, Alex? Sorry? The Lion King? Oh, man, that's a cool movie, man. Someone else, what's your... Transformers? Uh, I haven't even seen that yet. What, what? Madeline? The Matrix? Oh, man, that is just... Can you do some of those moves? With a little bit of help, <laughs> yeah, if Dad's holding us, we can do it. <laughs> Sorry? How many, how, Sue, what's your favorite movie? Yeah, Sue? <laughs> Sound of Music. <laughs> I, I, I watched this, I watched this really, I, I love really cool movies, man. I watched this movie last night, and uh, man, it was called Alexander the Great. How many people have seen Alexander the Great? Alex. <laughs> I, I love those sorts of movies, man. And it's like, if, if you don't know about Alexander the Great, man, he's one of the guys that, that basically influenced the world, um, the education system. Man, he influenced much of the world as we know it today. Alexander the Great was talking about last night, and there was, this, there was a guy that was telling a story. And uh, Alexander the Great, man, by the age of 25 years old, how many people 25? Under 25, 20, 25, sorry, yeah. somewhere around that. You think you're 25. would like to be 25. Yes, yeah, Sue, yeah. By the age of 25, Alexander the Great had conquered most of the world. He had conquered most of the known uh, world at that time. Can you imagine what it would be like um, to be Alexander the Great? Could you, could you imagine what it would be like to, to know that you're only 25 years old and you have conquered, you are, you are, you, you are the head of most of the uh, known world. You... Man, you are on top of the world. Can you imagine what it would be like to, um, to meet him? <laughs> what would it be like to, to meet Alexander the Great? And the guy was talking about, uh, he, he was narrating at the, beginning of the, at the beginning of the movie, and he said, he was talking about his experience of, of traveling and, and, and being part of um, victories with Alexander the Great. And he said, there was something about when you looked into his eyes, man, there was something that was just like, he said, when you, when you looked into his eyes, there was something inside there that just, oh, man, it just did something into your spirit, man. It just did something into your, I'm just sort of paraphrasing a bit. But he said, there was something that uh, when, when Alexander looked into your eyes, man, there was something that came about you and that you felt like you could, 
You felt on top of the world, man. You felt like that there was nothing could stand in your way. You felt that there was nothing that could ever um, hinder, and, hinder you. You felt like there was, that nothing could stop you, man. You felt like you were on top of the world. Alexander the Great, man, 25 years old. And, uh, man, he, I just love that movie. I just thought I'd just tell you that. <laughs> but it's like, how much more, friends, you know, to, to look into the eyes of Alexander the Great, how much more, friends, would it be like to, to stand and to look in the eyes of Jesus Christ, who was greater than Alexander the Great? Man, Alexander the Great was huge, but Jesus Christ, man, there is, the Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and all authority in the heavens and the earth, not just the earth, but the heavens and the earth, has been given unto him. Authority over the financial system, authority over the, over the, over the oil stuff, Doug. So, I mean, Jesus Christ is a, has power and authority over everything. The Bible says that the, the, the world is his, the earth is his, and the fullness thereof also belongs to him. Not just on earth, but also in the heavens. What would it be like to look into the eyes of Jesus Christ, friends? You know, you, I mean, in many places he, he actually... Uh, uh, he manifests himself, but, um, but the Bible describes about what he's like. And uh, friends, I want to encourage you tonight, man, when you look into the eyes of Jesus Christ, the Word of God can describe and give you a picture. And in our imagination, we can, he can start to show you what he's like. And man, when you look into the eyes of Jesus Christ, man, there is something that gets a hold of our lives. Man, there is something that just like, man, I can take on the world. Friend, tonight, why don't you look into the eyes of Jesus Christ? And we're going we're gonna to look about... Uh, We'll get straight into the message, man. I just, I'm just still buzzing about that. Yeah, it's really cool for me. And uh, man, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and uh, we're just going to read through it. So if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let me know when you got it. Romans chapter 8. If you don't have it, we have it here for you. Man, this is, Doug, this, is, this has got to be what, an incredible piece of Scripture, man. In verse 1 it says, Therefore, oh, therefore there is now no condemnation. Everybody say, no condemnation. Say it again one more time. No condemnation. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Father, we thank you today for your awesome power in this place. Lord Jesus, we thank you that on the cross, Lord, you took upon our sins. Father, you bore all our shame. Lord, you bore all our sicknesses. Father, you bore the sins of the world. And I thank you today, Lord Jesus, that through a relationship with you, we can live free from any condemnation. Father, we can live free from all shame. We can live free from all guilt. Father, we thank you, Father, for the tremendous gift that you gave to us, your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would show us tonight what it was like to live in your shoes. Lord, we pray you would show us tonight what it means to walk in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight I want to talk about, uh, just, uh, just want to talk about living and walking in the Spirit. And uh, it's, it's an incredible thing if we, um, um, all of us are on a, on a, on a journey of this somewhere. Um, and, uh, but I just want to encourage you about what it means to walk in the Spirit, or part of what it means to walk in the Spirit. Because, uh, man, there's so many things to God, man, to say that we've all got it together. Just when you think you've got it together, you find out you haven't. So walking in the Spirit, we're going to, we need to learn to be, because the Bible says that we are, uh, we're not just uh, just ashes, man. We are, 
we have a spirit. You are a spirit being that, that, that lives for eternity. You are a spirit being that lives in the spirit world. And uh, you and I need to learn how to, uh, how to learn to walk in the spirit, not just walk in the flesh, but actually walk in the spirit. There's quite a big difference because the, the, the flesh just wants just a few different just. A, a few different things that just gratifies itself. But to walk in the Spirit. Man, what does it mean to, to walk in the Spirit? And it says here, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now Paul also talks about it the same, uh, it's nearly identical scripture over in Galatians 3. Uh, Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, it is, now for fr- it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Freedom, everybody say freedom. Come on, freedom. Freedom that Christ has set us free. How many people are free in this place tonight? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, how many people are free in this place tonight? Come on, man. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. How did he set us free? He set us free by dying on the cross and rising again on the, uh, on the third day. He, he, he set us free by, by, by taking all the, the sin and the shame that we carry and bore it, bearing it on the cross. So for the freedom that Christ has set us free, he says, then stand firm then and do not, uh, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So many times we... Uh, Many of us as Christians, we, you know, we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, but uh, we allow ourselves to come into slavery again. We allow ourselves to get uh, burned again by, by condemnation and, and guilt. And it says, he says, basically saying, yeah, you've got to be careful. Don't let yourself be burned again by that yoke that came around you before you were saved. How many people knew what it was like to live before you were saved? Man, I, man, I tell you, man, it was, it was not good. I mean, there was stuff around my life, man, and, and I tried many things to get rid of it. The only person that could do that was Jesus Christ. But still, in saying that, unless I learn to walk in the Spirit, unless I learn to walk in continual relationship with Him, it's very, very easy for us to get bound again into slavery, into that, that thing that used to hang around our life, because uh, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to keep us in slavery. And uh, for some of you here tonight, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've been bound again back into the yoke of slavery. And uh, maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ. Um, you are still bound by that yoke. You're still bound by that yoke of sin and death. And uh, that thing's a heavy thing around your life. And man, you don't want to live life. Because cause the Bible, is, Jesus never ever uh, meant for you to live like that. Uh, the Bible says that when God uh, created man uh, right back there, he created us. And we were na- it says they were both naked and felt no shame. You were never ever meant, you were never designed to carry the yoke of sin. You were never ever designed to carry the yoke of condemnation. And it says here, um, so don't let yourself uh, be burned again by the yoke of slavery. slavery. In verse 13 of Galatians 5, it says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, but rather serve one another in love. And so in verse 16, it says, So I say, live by the Spirit or walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is contrary to what is um, uh, contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with, with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you're no longer under, under the law. Let's turn back into, back into uh, Romans again. So he's talking about here about this about the yoke of slavery that comes upon people's lives, and uh, and it says back in verse one it says 
Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are on Christ Jesus. Now, friends, we've got to, understand, we've got to ask ourselves, how many times uh, do we feel that yoke come upon our life again? How many people here at some stage, even though you may be Christian, you feel, um, you feel like the spirit of condemnation come around your life again? I mean, I feel it. I mean, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and I feel it. It says, don't let that condemnation come around your life again. And you've got to ask yourself then, then, if it says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and sometimes we feel condemned, what does that mean? Even though I'm a Christian. To say that I don't feel condemned, so I, I, I do. I do feel, uh, you know, that, that yoke that I used to carry, I sometimes do feel that come and get upon my life. Why is that? It's simply because of this, I believe. I mean, we could probably go into uh, too many different facets of it, but I believe it's simply this, that we fail to continually walk in the Spirit. There's always a contention between the, the Spirit of God within us and our, and our flesh. And the Bible says, uh, and so what happens is, uh, quite often in, in, in our walk, it's like, instead of continually growing up like that, most of the time, or, or for many Christians, especially in the Western world, um, their walk with Christ uh, it just stays on a plateau. They, they stay in a point where um, we're either not hot or cold or they never actually learn to walk into the Spirit. They still, I mean, even in churches today, we still, so many of the time, uh, you look at a lot of the, the messages that get, get preached, these self-help motivation messages. It's got nothing to do with walking in the Spirit at all. It's, got about, it's, it, it's, it's all about, about fulfilling the desires of your flesh. I mean, I mean, I'm saying that as a pretty, pretty bottom line. But if you come down to it, it's about so many of us in the Western world as Christians have not learned to walk in the Spirit. We don't understand what it means to walk in the Spirit. And, and to be honest, man, I, I'm still walking on this journey here as well. And, uh, and it's quite a big thing for us to, to, to experience tonight. But I want to talk about what does it mean to walk in the Spirit. And it says um, in verse 5 of Romans 8, uh, for those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind of controlled by the Spirit is life and of peace. And so you've got to understand that there's a, there's a continual waging of a, of, of a war that's in both in our lives and in our community. Waging not just for the, um, uh, for the flesh of man. It's, it's not necessarily waging for the flesh of mankind. It's waging for the spirit of mankind. And it's waging for your soul. And there's a constant battle um, uh, that often takes place inside of our lives because, you know, there's many things that, that will appeal. Uh, let's face it, man, there's so many things in the community today that appeal to the flesh. There's so many uh, things today that will appeal to, uh, to give us, well, they appear to give us a sense of satisfaction. They appear to... Um, uh, to, see, uh, to give us a sense of, of self-worth. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is it comes back to it's all about me and what makes me feel good. It's all about me. And we've got to learn, if we, want to be, if we want to live a life that is free of condemnation, one of the things we must learn to do is learn how to walk in the Spirit. So, but we've also got to understand that there's a, there's a war, there's a, there's a contest that's waging inside. And friends, look, um, I mean, Ian's got some... Uh, He's got some great material on this about, uh, about learning to live in, in, in the Spirit. Um, 
so I don't want to get into that right now, but one of the things we must learn to do is learn to walk in the Spirit. The, the Spirit is the part of us that, that God is attached to. The, the, the Spirit is where, where, where Jesus, when we ask Jesus Christ into our life, He actually does come and do that. He comes in, in, and lives inside of our spirit. He comes inside and, and lives inside of us, and He wants to work uh, out His nature through our lives. And um, as the Bible says that the, that, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And, uh, and so we've got to ask yourself, if, if, you are fe- if there is no joy around your life, if there is no, um, uh, if there's no peace around your life, if, if there is condemn- condemnation, if you're feeling uh, a heaviness upon your life, then going from what the Bible says, you've, you've allowed yourself to get yoked again or, or, uh, by the yoke of slavery. Now, why is that happening? Why is that happening? Simply because of this. We've got to learn to discipline our bodies. We've got to learn to discipline our lives so that we, um, that we don't. Uh, so the Bible says that uh, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. The first thing that we need to, uh, uh, one of the first things that we need to do is, is accept, the, accept Jesus Christ into our lives. But the second thing we've got to do is also take up our own cross and follow him. Now that cross talks about our own, gratif- our, our own fleshly desires and our own, uh, impulses that we're trying to, uh, that rise up inside of us. And uh, so it's really important that you and I have got to learn to uh, master those and allow, and, and, and actually take dominion over those by our spirit. Otherwise, if, our, if we are led by our flesh, if we are led by our soul, um, you will not live a, a productive life. You look at where, where sin first came into the world, where, where the devil tempted Eve. It was about tempting the soul. It was about tempting the, uh, the, the, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the soul. And that's what caused sin to come into the world. Because, but if they learned, if they were, at that point, if, they, um, if there was a, uh, uh, a ruling by your spirit, they would have never had, uh, that would never have happened. So the devil will always come and try and take, and try and lure you by the lusts of your flesh. And if we were to live under the law of condemnation, if we were to live under that yoke of slavery, uh, if we are living under that, it's probably because there's a part of our life that is still, uh, we're still allowing our our flesh and our our own desires to take take rule in our life. So here Paul is talking about, you don't need to live under condemnation anymore. There is no no condemnation to those who live in Christ Jesus. Verse 13, it says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, and you will live. How many people here want to live in Christ Jesus today? Man, I'll tell you what. I just don't think like, I still don't, I find it hard to sometimes understand what it really means to, that the, the enormity, the, the, uh, how incredible it is to live a life that God has lived us, to, God has called us to live. And, um, but I know what it means. I've experienced what it's like to live under death. But it's, it says in 14, it says, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are known as the sons of God. How many people want to be identified as a son or a daughter of God? Well, I tell you, man, it's me. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are, the, are known as the sons of God or known as God's own. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And in verse 18, it says, I consider that our present sufferings is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Because all creation wakes in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Friends, I'm telling you, God has wanted to do something powerful in our life. God has wanted to do something powerfully through your life, into the community, into the realm that you live in. And it's not just about now, but it's also in eternity. 
See, most of the time we, we live our life according to now and what, um, what satisfies me and what works out best for me now. When you live your life like that, that is living according to the flesh. God wants to, yes, God wants to move in through you now. God wants, to, uh, 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 God wants his life to emanate from you, through you, but he also has something ahead for you in eternity as well. He wants to give you a life that, that, that is beyond your wildest dreams. But in order to do that, we've got to learn to live by the Spirit. We've got to learn to put aside every day. Every day, the Bible says, we've got to take up our cross and follow him. Every day, we've got to, we've got to die to self. We've got to put my, my, um, my concerns, my desires, my... Uh, we've got to put me... Guys, don't put me to death. I've got to put me to death. But you've got to put... Every day, we've got to put ourselves on the cross and allow the Holy Spirit of God to work inside of our lives. That is what the whole creation is, is, is yearning for, that the sons of God will be, be, be manifest. See, God, is, uh, God has put something inside of your life. God has put his spirit inside of your life, and all creation is waiting for what God has put inside of your life to come forward. But it won't happen if we're still um, living our lives according to the desires of our flesh. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so what he's talking about here is... Um, uh, even though we get saved, even though we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, life does not always go easy. A lot of the times I believe that we, um, when we get saved, we have a mentality that life will, everything's going to work out nice and rosy. And uh, we'll all sing happy, clappy songs in church and lay hands on one another and, and, uh, and one, go, one day go to heaven. And I, I, I think sometimes we have some misconceptions about what God, uh, what our life is going to be. Uh, right now, simply because we still live out of our selfish, out of our, out of our flesh, it's all still about me. It's all about what makes me feel good. It's all about what um, what will be good for me now. But see, friends, that is not living according to the flesh. And so Paul is talking about uh, this whole piece of scripture. He's, he's talking about um, what it means to learn to walk in the Spirit, what it means to, what it's like to get rid of uh, the spirit of condemnation, what it's like to get rid of the yoke of slavery that comes upon our life, what it's like to get rid of guilt, what it's like to get rid of the fleshly, uh, fleshly desires and learn to walk in the Spirit. And it says here in, um, in Romans 8, in verse 21, and he says, we're going to get to it now, he says in verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Now, I, I just think about this verse, and for some reason I interpret it or I read it a different way. And if somebody's phone's going over there, <laughs> Most, when, a lot of us, when we look at that verse, one of the things that will immediately spring to our mind is this that God will work, work all things for my good. <laughs> Actually, the Bible doesn't say that. But often that's a mentality that we have that, uh, that when God, when we give our lives to Christ, when we, we live as a Christian, when we live, walk into the, uh, that all things, that, that the things that he's talking about there are, are the difficulties that you and I face in life. And how many people here face difficulties? Most of us will, will walk through difficulties, whether it be financial, whether it be relational, whether it be um, eco- Whatever it is, all of us walk through difficulties, but quite often we, we interpret that scripture that God's going to just turn it around and make everything all good for me. But actually, it doesn't actually say that at all. <laughs> it actually says, God works for the good of those who love him. It doesn't mean he's going to turn everything for good, but it's going to work out good for you. 
So how many times that, um, you know, if all the time you and I, uh, if, if God made everything good for us when we wanted it to, if God, we would never actually be an overcomer. It's actually saying it's not going to work the circumstance out for good. It's actually going to organize the circumstance so it will be for our own good, that, that something will be built, something will be established in our life. What is it that he's talking What is it that he's talking about? It's not about that everything's just going to turn out rosy for us because, again, that's all about me. What he's talking about is he's, he, there's going to be things that come around our lives, but these things... These, these trials, these tribulations, these whatever things, that, whatever these tough things that come upon your life, they are there uh, to actually build something good into your life, not just to make you nice and happy again. It's actually to build something into our life. And quite often, a, a lot of the times when I'm facing um, pressures and struggles, I get in, I, it's very, very easy to get into that mentality or get back into that frame of mind, God, just make it all work out good for me. Make it, all make, make it all good. Take all this bad stuff away and make it all good for me. But actually, what he's trying to do is actually build something good into my life. He's not interested in making me, or, or, he's not just interested in making you and I feel good. He's actually interested in building something into us. He's interested in building into us the life of the Spirit. He's interested in learning and teaching us how to be people that can walk in the Spirit, not according to our our own desires, because again, it comes back to the same thing. Are we living out of our flesh, or are we living out of our spirit? And so many times, we live in a world that's sensual. We live in a world that is always pulling on our on our on the areas of our flesh. Feel good, and you don't need to walk through this, or you don't need to um, uh, you don't need to suffer like that. So everywhere you look, there's marketing trying to pull you according to the lust of your flesh. But see, God is wanting to do a work inside of our lives. God is wanting to cause us, you and I, to be an overcomer. God is causing, wanting you and I to be people that will rule and reign with him in eternity. God is wanting you and I to be people that can learn how to walk in the Spirit. And friends, to be able to learn to walk in the Spirit, it actually takes a few things to be able to actually learn to do that. And so he says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He works for the good of those who love him. What it means to love him is, is when you trust him. You can say, I love God. Yeah. It's just a little bit more to it than that. It's about, do you really trust him, though? I mean, I know you, you feel inside or lovey-dovey for him, but do you really trust him? And see, I, you know, I, I've walked through some financial issues as well, and I've prayed to God, God, just make it all, just, in other words, just make me a lot of money. If I just cut to the chase, that was what it really was, was about. Lord, make it all go away and make me a lot of money. But actually, it was never, ever about that. Down the track, I, thought, I could see what God was wanting to do. He's learning. He's wanting to teach him me. He's wanting to teach me how to walk in the Spirit. And part of that is learning how to trust him. Learning how to trust him. <laughs> learning how to trust him. Trust him with our life. Trust him with our future. Trust him with our finances. And so what happens is when we don't get our own way or when, we, um, when these things, when, when the difficulties come and, and, and God doesn't work out, God doesn't work out how we want him to work out, quite often we get all, uh, and I'm telling this out of experience, <laughs> I get all angry and upset. I get all impatient. God, why don't you do that? Well, you don't love me. You don't, 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 blah, blah, blah. Something, it, basically, it comes back to this. It's all about me, all about what makes me feel good. So when you, 
if you, if you don't trust him, you may be a Christian, but you may not trust him. We're, we're, just, we're just sort of getting into a funny area here. All things work out to the, for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So what happens is when we, we may have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but we don't actually trust him. And when things don't go our own way, uh, what happens in your life? Quite often the, we, we get symptoms like uh, impatient. We get angry. We get rebellious when things don't go our own way, when God doesn't work things out the way we want them to work out. But see, God is wanting, uh, like I said, not just, for, not just you and I to, 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 to feel good or anything, but he wants to build inside of your character. God is wanting to build inside you and I uh, something that he can manifest his life and presence through. But friends, when you love him and trust him, when, when difficult circumstances, when, um, uh, when you've got bills that need to be paid, when you've got... Um, uh, something needs to happen now, and uh, uh, what is the reaction? That, what is the reaction, or what is the response that happens inside of your life when you are put into a difficult situation? I, mean, I, I know you may be a Christian. I know you, you you love Jesus, but do you trust Him? Do you trust that He can? He's actually about working your life out for good, not just making you feel good just for one minute. What is the reaction? What is, that, what is your reaction to God when things don't start going your way? When maybe persecution comes or maybe um, disappointment or when heartache comes, what, what, what is our response? Well, it's, a, it's a tricky one, man. Because so many times um, I myself have got all upset and started shaking the finger at God and saying, you don't love me or anything like that. But actually when I looked at it, God was teaching me something all along. And what that really was was my own flesh crying out saying, I just want what I want now. But actually God, through it, was teaching me. And through different circumstances now, I've started to learn to, I mean, I love God, I, I really do, but, but my trust is starting to deepen with him now. And, um, and, and I know that he wants to work in me a, a powerful life, and I know that he wants to work through you uh, in an incredible incredible way as well. So now when, when, when trials and tribulations come around my life, instead of getting all reactionary and things like that, what happens is uh, there's a peace around my life. Why? Because I know that even though I may feel uncomfortable, even though my, um, my feelings or my body may not be all, uh, all happy and roses, I, have, I am confident, I have faith that God is working something out that in the long term will benefit my good. So when God, when you're going through a circumstance, when you're going through a difficult situation, what is the reaction? What is it that goes through in your place? Are you live according? Are you live according to your flesh, or are you live according to? Are you walking according to the spirit? When you walk according to the spirit, there will be no condemnation. There will be no. uh, uh, There will be a freedom that will come around your life. Are you walking in the spirit, or are you walking according to the flesh? And so he says, so that all things, God works to the good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And he goes, see, for God foreknew those he, he predestined and conformed to the likeness of the Son, that he may be called the firstborn amongst me of the brethren. And in verse 30, 31, it says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? Even those circumstances may may not look rosy. Even though there may be heartache and maybe pressures come against your life. The Bible says, even though if God be for us, who can really be against you? 
But again, it coming, it's coming down to, it's not about your own comfort. It's not about us being all, uh, all comfortable. It's about, uh, it's about God teaching us. It's about God growing us into sons and daughters of, that can bring the manifestation of the kingdom of God into earth. That won't happen unless we learn to walk in the Spirit. <clears throat> if God is for you, who can be against you? Even though the bank balance or even though uh, the, um, uh, you know, the price of fuel might be going up there, the mortgage rates might be going up. Or, if God is for you, who can be against you? Even though you may be reaching out to your friends, even though that uh, uh, people might be speaking against you or cursing you or, or rejecting you, if God is for you, who can really be against you? And this is where it comes really, really powerful. What's our, what then shall we say to this? And it says um, in verse 34, who, who then condemns Jesus Christ who died? More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Friends, we've got to understand that right now, that God, that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Man, he is interceding for you. So when the accuser comes, that when you stuff up or when you sin or things like that, and, uh, and you start to, feel a little bit con- start to feel a little bit condemned, when you start to feel that yoke of sin come upon your life, man, you can be sure that this, that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. He is at heaven right now. When, so when the, when the devil comes and tries, uh, tries to accuse you, you can be rest assured that Jesus Christ is right there saying, yeah, Maybe Anna did sin, but I can tell you right now, I've already paid the price. She doesn't need to wear that condemnation. Whatever you are struggling with in your life right now, do not allow yourself to be, get yoked by that slavery of sin. When you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you trust him, when you trust your life to him, he stands and he intercedes for you on behalf. He stands beside God interceding for you so that when the accuser comes, he ain't got nothing on you. What it's like to walk in the Spirit. What it's like to, to walk free of condemnation. What is it like to walk free of the, of the yoke of the sin and death? Friends, it's, the, the issue is this. The issue is not that there is freedom. The issue is that we keep on coming back and picking it back up again. We cannot live according to the, and we cannot live the life that God has called you and I to live if we keep coming back and picking up that yoke again. Friends, you've got to understand that Jesus Christ is standing, he is interceding before, uh, interceding on our behalf. He is interceding on your behalf, friends. Even though the accuser might come and accuse you, you don't need to wear that, man. You don't need to wear that accusation of, um, uh, of um, whatever you've been involved in, whether it be drugs, whether it be um, Whatever sin that you've struggled with, whatever things that you've walked through in your life that have, that, that have tried to condemn you. You don't need to walk. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, friend, you don't need to carry that anymore. But so sadly, many of the times we, we come back and pick it up. You can't walk according to that. You can't walk according to the Spirit like that. We're going to learn to trust that Jesus Christ, has, when we, we entrust our lives to him, he really has forgiven you. The Bible says that he is removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. What would it be like then to walk in the shoes of Jesus? What's it like to be able to look into the eyes of Jesus? And it says here that, um, so Paul talks about, you know, the, the whole thing about persecution. So when trials and tribulations, when, when things come against our life, what is it that we do? What is the reaction that takes place inside of our life? Is it a, is it a rolling over? Is, is, it, is it a grizzling or, or complaining or, or something like this? But it says here, um, 
in verse 35, so who shall separate us from the love of God? Man, this is just an incredible piece of scripture. Who shall separate us? Who, what can separate you from the love of God? Friends, nothing can separate you from his love today. You've got to understand and you've got to, you've got to trust that, 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 that nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing can separate you from his love. You've got to learn to trust the word of God. When you, when you put your trust in the word of God, that, that nothing can separate us from his love, something around, uh, something of his presence starts to come around our lives again. And it says here that nothing can separate us from his love. Um, shall trouble or, tr- or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, can any of these things separate us from the love of God? Can you... Can we not understand that see, God knows when, when he looks into our eyes, he can see into our lives right now. He can see the sin that we're still struggling with. He can see the difficulties that we're still walking through. But does that, does that um, stop him from loving us? Absolutely not, friend. The problem is we start to pick it up and we start to become, uh, try to become, uh, become God. We start to actually start to pick up that, slate, that, that burden of sin back up again. There is no condemnation. It's an issue of trust. That nothing can separate you from the love of God. It doesn't matter what has come against you, whether it's stuff that you're working through, uh, whether it's, it's stuff in your past or, or issues in your life that you're trying to work out. It doesn't matter how, how evil you think you are. For nothing surprises the God. When, you, when you've given your life to him, when you trust him, nothing can separate you from his love. There is no condemnation, friend. The Bible says, as it is written, for your sake we have faced all death long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. Now, this is where it gets really exciting. In verse 37, no, for in all these things, in all these things, in all these things, we're talking about, we're talking about famine, we're talking about persecution, we're talking about nakedness, we're talking about danger, we're talking about the, 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 the things that you and I struggle with in our life, the, 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 the war that you and I face uh, with with our flesh, the, the issues that we face in life. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror, friend. <laughs> well, that went down like a sack of spuds, didn't it? Friends, you are more than a conqueror. It doesn't matter what is happening in society. It doesn't matter what Helen Clark is trying to do to the educate. It doesn't matter what's going on, friends. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. It doesn't matter what your, your past has been. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter... What seems to be coming against you? The Bible says that in all these things, you are more than a conqueror. See, friend, God does not want you to live under a spirit of condemnation. God does not want you to live under a spirit of heaviness. God does not want you to live in a pile of ashes. God does not want you to live under the, under the burden of sin. He wants to bring you up so that you are more than a conqueror. Just like he said, he gives us beauty for ashes. In other words, he doesn't just pick you up and clean the ashes off. Man, he wants to put a crown upon your life. You are more than a conqueror. I mean, when we're talking about more than a conqueror, we're talking about not just winning one or two battles. We're talking about advancing in a territory. And God has called you and I to be more than conquerors, even though that right now you may feel inside that you, are, uh, you don't know how to speak or you, are, you feel insignificant. You may be thinking inside, how can God use a person like me that, that struggles with all this stuff to change, to change your community? Friends, the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. In other words, you don't just get over a few battles. Man, you can win territory full stop. You are more than a conqueror. So friends, don't let that devil get inside of your ear. Don't let that devil come and try and pick up that burden of sin upon your life again. You are more than a conqueror. God has called you and I to be, uh, to be, uh, to be um, uh, livers of the Spirit of God. You are called to walk in the Spirit of God, not according to the lust of the flesh. 
You are more than a conqueror, friend. So if you're not living like that, then we must be living under condemnation. What is it that's condemning you right now? What is it that's got on your back and starting to condemn you? What is it that's getting around that shoulder of yours? Is it stuff that you've, in your past that you're picking back up again? What is it? Why don't you just close your eyes right now? And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, let's keep your eyes closed. It says, for I am convinced. Uh, it's more than just a good idea. There's something that has gripped a hold of my heart. I am convinced. I am certain of this. Absolutely 100%. That neither life nor death nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Friend, you are more than a conqueror. All creation is longing for the manifestation of the sons of God. There is a longing in society. There is longing in the world today for a manifestation of representatives of the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So the way the devil is going to try and stop that is to try and get you to pick up condemnation again. Try and get you to carry up. Don't let yourselves be yoked again by that, that, brought into slavery by that yoke. 